The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. It's time once again to be flabbergasted by the rolling tongue, the juggling of words, thoughts, and phrases, like a Spaniard on a tightrope. Here is the one, the only, the man of two hours, Frank Catolo. I'm not leaving without these diamonds. Diamonds? I'm just here for the stains. Right, what do you want, Frank? Hey, Frank, shut the fuck up. Shut up, Frank. Hey, everybody, shut the hell up. It's Frank time. Holy shit, I think that's Frank. Frank, what are you doing? Frank, you disgust me. Frank, it's me, your brother. I did not know Frank has brothers. Frank, you could have possibly thought this was a good idea. It's the Frank show. If you have a problem with that, then fuck you. Frank, help me. I'm lost in this world without you. Frank, where the fuck have you been? If you don't listen to Frank, then what are you been listening to? I really need you, Frank. Frank, we need you now more than ever. Help! to the show already. Monikers. Yes, right. I am. Yes, right. Yes, right. I am the godfather of internet radio. I am the one and only difficult historian. I wonder if I'm the unreliable narrator. <laughs> I'm the third man. I'm the vegetable man. And for the next hour and a half to two hours, I'm all yours. Thank you. 
night, wake up, it's night, down the Hallelujah Trail, here we go. Encatolo Chronicles. In February, February. That's loud enough? That loud enough? <laughs> Cap to Ice Cap from Hamlet to City, from Othello and into every bordello. Once again, once again, I'm not counting, you're not counting. What's the difference? We're here now and now is all that matters. And we are going along on this Hallelujah Trail with many things. I'm Frank Gatola, man, name is on title of the show. And I'm here again on Thursday live and um, on uh, Juiced Talk Radio. If you're listening to the... Um, Wait, is that loud enough? Is that loud enough? It's gonna, it's gonna be loud enough for me, not for you, for this. Um, if you're listening on uh, Juice Talk Radio, uh, you're listening on True Talk Radio, and all the other radios that have talk things that are involved in this particular genre. But you know, we are, we are our own genre. We are our own genre. Okay, this is nothing like anywhere else, and from the beginning. It was nothing like anything else because there wasn't anything else. But, and you know, it takes a little muscle to be not like nothing else after 20 years. It's still nothing. Uh, now, some people would say, you know what that means, Frank? That means nobody, you didn't influence anybody. Oh, yes, I did. I influenced them to be themselves. And fortunate to me, none of them could be like me. So they, they didn't even try. There I was and am. And ever will, not ever will be. No, anyway, welcome to the show. It is not a program, it's a show. And to all of our trusty, loyal people, you know, let me tell you first, speaking of AI, <laughs> was I? Well, you know, I am intelligence. It's whatever I have, it might not be a lot, but it's real. And we're going to talk in depth in two weeks about artificial intelligence. See, AI is also, no, it can't be artificial. Hey, is there such a thing as artificial insemination? No, I don't think so. Anyway, AI is all the rage. People are talking about it, and, uh, you know, it may, die, it may burn to the ground. Who knows what it's going to do? But when you have me, who is a writer and someone who strongly defends the uh, the English language as defined and uh, fights against some of the changing of words. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm a I'm a progressive, but you know, really, for someone who talks and needs this language, because it's too late for me to get an entirely new one. It will let me know a lot about. I know some, you know. Hola, you know, no little Jean-Marie Francois. See, I know a little this, little that, but I don't. Um, you know, it's too late. I'm just going to have to do this in English for the rest of the time that I do this. Uh, but um, in, in uh, that event, in this event, wait, what is it? Wait, in this event, in that event, in, in any event, that's in any event, and certainly in this event, how could I not, how could I screw that one up again? Um, 
So in any event, in all events, and certainly in this event, there we go. Uh, you got me. On uh, March 9th, we're going to do this show, and and it's going to uh, be fascinating because, as I said, I, who've used my name and language, name, my words and my language in so many different ways uh, through my life, uh, making a living and not making a living, and maybe lucky enough to make a living doing it, but in the la- uh, and with whatever intelligence I had, and uh, let me give you all the... Uh, uh, credits of somebody who worked uh, with me for a long time and a close friend of mine still. Uh, former, former? Well, he still teaches, but um, professional English teacher, uh, now retired, but still does. I mean, I don't know, how do you how do you do substitute anyway? Also, a comedy writer and a writer, and he taught English, uh, and and he wrote lyrics. Songwriter, actor, and uh, radio broadcaster, radio writer, Tom Savino. That's T at TJ Savino on your Twitter account. Follow him, as thousands of others do each day. Tom Savino, who um, will be here. And he's got a lot to say about AI. A lot of people do, but I think what you'll hear on this show is going to be the best you'll ever hear about it. Because we're not just, uh, we're people who've been through the, uh, the uh, educational system, including college. And uh, we've been out there in the world doing stuff like writing, copywriting. We weren't copying writing. We were copywriting and all that. So that's March 9th. Now you're saying, why are you telling us about two weeks from now? What about next week? Well, next week, you will get the cloud because I'm off. <laughs> I'm off. I'm not going to be here. Uh, and I'm not even good. Then uh, maybe they'll play a repeat. Maybe they won't. Maybe will play a classic Atolo. But if you listen to the cloud, you'll hear more, more of me than you ever cared to. Because <laughs> I'm all over that cloud. And uh, you, so you can hear that. And... And, and all the other things we have on the cloud. We do as much as we possibly can. And also to go to, constantly, every week, a new blog at 148.ca slash Frank. And there you go. But tonight, oh, today, this afternoon, tonight, whatever the day, whatever the season, whenever you're listening to this, it's timeless. Although I guess some of it has been time. Uh, some of it's timed out. I, we're ahead of our, we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the curve. How do you say it? We're foreboding, predictatory. That's not a word. <laughs> but, you know, you could say anything now. You could say it. Just, you know, add some of those suffixes and uh, prefixes to any word. And then make it, make it a word. Because that's what will happen. This, this language isn't hard me. This language of English is not difficult enough that it is littered with uh, uh, incorrect words and phrases, and uh, never ever do we get or give credit for some of the phrases we use to the man who used English uh, more famously. More sound famously, I just say more famously. Famously, that's an adverb. Adverbs are weird too, aren't they? 
well, get back to that. <laughs> Mr. Shakespeare himself. Excuse me, Mr. They didn't call him Mr. in those days. Hey, yeah, it's Mr. Shakespeare. All right. Game on, Mr. Shakespeare. That's a mocking British accent. All right. It does, because I don't know how to speak exactly the way they speak, because that's how they speak. So when I do it, it sounds like I'm mocking. And that does not mean that my intelligence is artificial. But AI will be talked about then. Well, next week, sorry, I got things to do. And you're saying, oh, right. And like the hour and a half you spend with us suddenly can't do it on one, one time. No. All right. Uh, but the cloud will be here and we'll be back on March 9th for TJ Savino. At TJ Savino. Use that at sign. Otherwise, you can't get them. And join up. Join up. There's another up. Join up. We keep adding to the up list, but I'm not going to. I don't know if I put join up here. Let me see. I have the list right here. Hold on. Want to go through it quickly before I tell you something to do? Okay. Oh, uh, Here we go. Let's go up the up list. The up list, speaking of language, of course, uh, lists every phrase we know or, or can remember uh, or uh, use that ends with up. Using up. Two letters which, of course, means millions of things ever. Okay? So I said, uh, listen up. Did I say listen up? What did I say that got me to this? I don't know. But look, I think about this. You want to go over it? I don't know what I said, what might be on it. Take up, get up, let up, throw up, toss up, look up, used up, flare up, keep up, blow up, end up, set up. Right? I Look at all these pages I wish you could see. Come up, eat up, follow up, speak up, show up, curl up. Back up, clear up, woke up, work up, keep up, gas up, open up, open up. Uh, riders up? What is that? Jockey lingo. Oh, riders up! <laughs> For that, stay up, choke up, zip up, button up, dress up, kiss up. Oh, my God, there's so many of them anyway. Giddy up, how about that? Giddy up, That'll, that's a good uh, transition. Segway, I should say. That's radio talk, radio talk, segway. That's a good segue. Where's my Where's my paper clip? Uh, maybe I uh, Maybe I uh, stuck up. I wonder if stuck up. Yes, stuck up. It's stuck up and stick up. Two different things. Okay. Do you think of any uh, send them in fkatoloyahoo.com? You can call me there. But by that I mean email me with anything that has to do with that. Um, I want you all to know that it's uh, you use the internet all the time. This is not a paid commercial. This is a public service announcement for people who are listeners of and users. No, users. Forget about listeners. Who you listen to or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you're watching, you, your YouTube, your UpTube. Your UpTube. Hey, hey, let's start a site. UpTube. And everything has to do with up. Right? Looking up. Get up. Hey, Cheer up. Hey, wait a second. I don't know if cheer up is here. Hold on. <laughs> We're always finding one. I better write it anyway. I don't think we had cheer. You see, there's always another one. Uh, give up, take up, send. Let's see. Where can I get a I'm gonna, This room. I got room right here. No, I didn't put them in alphabetical order. But uh, I should. Did I say cheer up? Yeah. Let's put cheer up. Got come up. Let's put cheer up right up here on top of that one. Yeah. Cheer up. Wow. Cheer up. See? I don't know if the up thing is a Shakespearean. We have to find that out. Anyone who uses the internet, and that means just about everyone 
who would who listens to this, who doesn't listen to this, who doesn't want to listen to this, um, in any events, in all events, and certainly in this event, everyone uses the internet for all sorts of things, and this is going to uh, come up again. It come up, <laughs> all right. I got that somewhere. This is going to surface in the AI discussion in two weeks from now. Um, the fact that everyone uh, uses Wikipedia, ah, the wiki. I, I don't know and I haven't looked into why the wiki uh, format became wiki. Uh, it's something to do with Hawaii, I'm sure. But uh, the Wikipedia uh, is run by the Wikimedia Foundation. You know, there's a lot of other wikis out there. Uh, and you could find them, and uh, I imagine all of them, uh, they have the wiki preface, are free. Free. And, you know, this everything started off years ago, decades ago now, free, except for your connection, you know, and who you had to pay to get connected to this wide world of zeros and ones. It was all free. Everything was free. And independents were there. And uh, I came out of professional work, broadcasting work, to be on internet radio, along with a a number of wonderful people who I don't hear from any longer on amcast.com. Um, but uh, we all use things for free. And then, uh, of course, now you got to pay for things so much, so much. There's still a lot of stuff for free. Uh, and of, But everybody, it's become a commercial thing. You know that. And, so, and a lot of you who are younger are growing up and never knew when it was all free. What a time you'd have had. You'd have had. You know those words? You'd have. <laughs> You'd have had Wikipedia. The Wikipedia Foundation runs. Let me get, oh, I can move the lamp that way. M- runs Wikipedia, and I am so impressed. Not the fact that I gave a measly ten bucks, which, by the way, may be a hundred percent more than any of you who are listening gave. Huh? Now, um, it's just important uh, to uh, understand uh, that you know I didn't expect anything back. I didn't expect a thank you. I didn't expect a, a piece of mail, but I got a piece of mail, and it impressed me all the more. And the next time I'm just writing out checks, I, I know everybody pays online, and you can pay online. You can give them a couple of bucks online, but I still write checks. I like that. I like it, and I do it, and they don't care. A lot of places don't care. If, you're giving, if you owe them, especially if you owe them money, but if you give them money, they love you forever, and they should, and you should give, give, and give again. Frank Benjamin, more than ever. None of my voices on there. Those are pieces, pieces, pieces of other things. Okay, but uh, when I got this uh, wonderful uh, Marianne Iskander, Iskander or Iskander, the CEO of the Wikimedia Foundation, thank you for your donation of ten dollars. Wow, a whole letter, and it's got colored. It's like colored stationery on the back. I'm just so impressed. That they are so polite, and that is so wonderful. To think that a ten dollars deserves a, a thank you letter and saying things uh, that, you know, with gratitude, come on, thank you. We're determined to extend the access as far as possible. We'll make sure that no matter where you are born or where you live, the ability to access free knowledge, free knowledge is always within your reach. This is something that is missing from the internet every day. Something dis- is uh, dismisses. No, that's not the word. Every day something disappears. Some Something that is new, uh, uh, not new, but but free. 
Let's just say that. Something that doesn't cost anything, something that is being run by people who have to pay to do it so that any number of people, anyone, anywhere who can connect can go. And that's what the Wikimedia Foundation does. And you think about this, my $10, your $10, and your friend's $10, and your mother's ten dollars, your father's ten dollars. If you are a mother or father, and your grand and your in-laws, that's a, that's it. Hey, I'll bring it down to five dollars if you think ten dollars is too much. What are stamps now? I think a stamp is going to be five dollars soon. Think about that. And the next time you, your son, your cousin, your friend, uh, anybody who uh, has to go look it up on Wikipedia now, great. It's true. Wikipedia is not the be-all, end-all of sources because it is run by people who do it and it's not you know but this uh, takes a lot for anywhere for you to, for, to get connect to something on the internet uh, that uh, that can be connected by the same person not the same person as you well it is the same person if you went to france you can get wikipedia and there's languages in different languages oh come on how do i have to sell this thing to you no but i do have to be a voice since i was a voice from the beginning of internet uh, broadcasting, and since uh, I fought many of the people who now embrace this wonderful medium, right? Uh, and have some of them who have just you know trashed it, and others who just don't get enough of their own voices to tell you that this, if you give nothing else, give to Wikimedia the Wikimedia Foundation, uh, and I love this little line at the end of it, imagine a world in which every single human being can freely share the sum of all knowledge. I will never apologize for coming on to the air and telling you the story and endorsing the Wiki Foundation. <laughs> so unless we find out they're secretly Nazis, <laughs> then the, then then we'll talk about them anyway, and it'll be horrible. But truly, truly, uh, give. How do you give? Just go to Wikipedia. There's uh, all over there. Windows come up too, you know, when they when they need something. And and I think it's more important than PBS. Maybe we'll go back to that story some other time. In the meantime, in between time, in that event, in any event, and certainly in this event, my name is Frank Catolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. And uh, so you know what's coming up. You know it's uh, going down. You know it's happening. And for that reason, I was looking uh, during the week, because we did uh, two, uh, two weeks ago, did the Cowboy Show, and... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look at pop culture, what it did to the image of the cowboy, right? And then last week, I did uh, the actors who played Jesus in movie, TV, and media, whatever. And uh, that, you know, what did they do to the image of Jesus when they um, when they put it in the media, when they put it on stage? Not like the Catholic Church and other churches, but you know, but certainly not like uh, Joel Osteen, who who thinks he makes. Did you see that thing in Twitter? Everybody, everybody was talking about it. Not everybody, but you know, fifty-four million dollars a year is his salary. 
See, you want to know what I'm talking about? Okay, but that show we're not doing either. We do the anti-Joel Osteen show some of the time when we go back and maybe when we play the farting preacher again and get back to some real heavyweights. But again, listen to me. Listen to me. I have it right here. Uh, uh, we did the Jesus uh, show, and that had a lot of, I had some personal touches to it. And so um, I'm thinking, I don't know what to do this week. And I said, maybe I should take off this week. And then next week, what I'll schedule, I'll switch it around. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got an idea. Something I had said a long time ago when I was creating show topics and trying to get panels, other people, that is, to be on this broadcast. Uh, um, but that's, you know, that's sizzled. Not because they, you know, for their own their own reasons. Okay, it's not you know, people not not that they're uptight or anything, or they don't want to be on the air with me. They just uh, do what they do, you know, and that's it. And plus the fact that this is live and you have to be live, and that's a lot of people can't make it. But okay, let's not go into that either. But I thought about a while ago the history, looking at history and learning history through movies. And this is connected uh, to the cowboy uh, and the cowboy uh, image and the Jesus image. So this is the uh, uh, the third chapter of image in a pop culture image. What we're doing, and that is to look, to learn, and look. This is something we didn't have when I was a kid, and I think it's great, and it should be in schools. Should be in schools. I remember I was in the, uh, I got told, no, no, it's a story I told, I'm sure I told that story a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to. Here's my point. My point is, we're going to talk about learning history from movies starting in the 1930s. Now, you could start in the 1920s if you want, but, uh, you know, I'm going to start from sound movies. And this week I thought, I said, you know, I, I and when I thought of another angle, Another piece of information to put in this uh, uh, as a theme uh, that I would talk about. Uh, I said, hey, wait a second. There's the idea. Let's do that show. Let's. <laughs> like I have a whole staff here. Let's. Uh, let me do that show. See where that goes at last. Because there are, I got news for you. <laughs> there's one or two. I still have it in my files. Here. There's one or two shows I kept putting off. And I still... I'm not talking about the gun show either because uh, that popped up a bit. I'm not going to do the gun show, okay? So Ray Catola, who predicted this a long time ago, was correct. I'm not doing the gun show. But uh, guns pop up here and there, and they popped up in the cowboy uh, era because uh, they were part of the culture then. Uh, and I guess they, they might pop up a bit in this, watching movies, sound movies, Back to of uh, starting in the 1930s. I guess you could say 20s, but I'm going to start in the 30s because sound comes in in 29, so that's pretty much the 30s. But here's what I here's what uh, got me to think about finally doing this. I'm watching uh, a movie, and it's a uh, it's what they call in Hollywood a period piece. Uh, so here we go with images. Here we go with uh, with the uh, uh, playing around with history or what have you. But I'm watching 
something I, I'd never saw. <laughs> I've watched things I have seen. I'm watching something I never saw. And uh, it dawns on me that there's a liberty to make, a, there a lot of liberties are taken these days when a movie, a series, a mini stream series, or mini whatever, you know, however you would, uh, it's uh, delivered to you. Or if you go to the movies, a movie, I think, and that the, there must be great, there are great liberties taken to do a period piece. Now, a period piece is obviously a movie you're going to see now that was made recently, or uh, let's just say recently. I was watching the series A Broadwalk Empire, and I still am. I'm not done. There's five seasons. And for every uh, uh, comment and criticism that I've had about miniseries and streaming series and what have you, there are a few that for some reason or another, it's always, I know what it is, it's the characters, of course, that, that allow me to uh, watch it again and again and again. But this has five, because, you know, some things I told you, I, I told you at one point, everybody was going nuts for Breaking Bad, and uh, I couldn't get through each, I, I mean, people just loved it left and right, and that's fine, that's, you've got, that's your uh, prerogative. Uh, but uh, when it came uh, time to, uh, for its ending, I just watched the end. But there are series like The Sopranos, which I'm now re-watching because my son, one of my sons, never saw it. Okay, but it dawned on me uh, that the liberties taken in a period piece are great. And they're not always the products of research for what went on at that in that period. Uh I know someone who worked up in movies and is a uh, still is uh, someone who looks around for things that existed in those period in that in the period of the movie as opposed to the period of the uh, uh, present. And you know, younger people watch these movies that come out now, these period pieces, um, because, you know, some are good, and uh, they're not exposed to the uh, timeline. They're not exposed to what went on specifically, what didn't go on in the time that the movie takes place. Uh, And there are many mistakes in movies you can uh, find that have to do with elements of things that did not appear. And again, back to what I said and I've said here too about how language is used that is different than was used in that time. So if you're going to learn history, period pieces don't count because period pieces you know, in the 1920s, in, in the silent era, they did spectacles. Yes, they did. And if you look at spectacles like Ben-Hur, which was made in the, uh, silent movies, it was a, a Ben-Hur. And and you look at the one with uh, Charlton Heston, uh, you'll learn something about 
you won't learn a lot about that period. Uh, when uh, and we talked about Ben Hur last week because of the, uh, it's a it's a tale of the Christ, which is the name, the sub name, sub name. What's that called? Uh, the other name, the second name. That's not a second name. Anyway, Ben Hur. Uh, so even looking at those two movies that take place in the same time they're supposed to be each other, and yet the things you see, the uh, the, the, the color first of all. So the things you, the the things you see in it that make up the environment change. So. We're not going to look at period, even that, you know, but that's a, those are particulars. Those are serious little things and details. What we're going to do is look at movies, or what you're going to do, if you, if you want to learn pop culture history, watch some movies you ordinarily wouldn't watch and see how much you know about the period when it when that was the present, and that's that's easy. Now, these days it's easy because you got Turner Classic Movie, you got uh, uh, stations that play old movies, and uh, uh, over and over again, black and white color. Although a lot of these are black and white, there weren't many weren't many color movies. There was there was a, a movie or two that was silent that was color, you know. But anyway, uh, the uh, you want to watch a movie. That you wouldn't ordinarily watch. Now, why would I do that? You say, well, you, you don't want to get into the movie. What you want to do is understand the environment and look at how the movie and the environment is reflecting that time. It wasn't made for people to read, uh, read to watch uh, on uh, on anything else but a screen because it's obviously <laughs> before television, and and it's made for people who lived. In the atmosphere, that was the story takes place where the story takes place. And this is uh, way different than if you watch a period piece. In the not you know, and, and we're gonna we're gonna look at some of these well, you can look, this is a well, I can't look at it. This is a it's a radio show. But uh, and some of these uh, some new movies do a good job for period pieces. and you. But you do have to watch whatever movie you're going to watch, and you have to go back. You have to go back to the 30s, and you, you know, you can find these movies. You know you can. Everyone, especially younger people who are growing up with the internet in their lives, Right and on and and that they carry it around. You know when the, when the internet started, we couldn't carry it around. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, constantly progressing and going another step ahead. So those people look at these movies. Now you watch it twice if you don't like it. And you know what? You know what? Here, a lot of people, younger people, won't take the time to watch these movies anyway. Even if someone tells them uh, they're good, especially if another generation tells them, oh, you got to see that. Oh, you're like, yeah. Oh, you got to see James Cagney in Public Enemy. Oh my goodness. It's and the kids are going, ah, it's a corny stuff. They, they don't see the style. They don't, they don't realize that the style 
and all the things that are going on, not just how people talk, but we're going to go over these various things, uh, is, is, uh, tells you a lot about that time, and you can't experience that time, right? Now, who can? And you can't go back in time, no matter what Christopher Lloyd says. So, if you go to the now, if you want to look at, if you want to see the change in technology, you can go to remakes now of movies, movies that are made two, three, four times, but now uh, are are absolute uh, wonder wonders compared to what was able you were able to do. But we're not talking about that. You could see the technology changing, but if you watch a movie, I'll give you the perfect uh, movie because there's a couple of versions of a movie and maybe you've seen the original i even think it became a video game <laughs> movie but the king kong made by uh jackson what's his name it's not terry jackson it's you know that guy paul jackson whatever his name that king kong aside from the technology that king kong is a period piece and it was meant to be a period piece the newest King Kong, that one, not uh, not King Kong and Godzilla, not the ones with Kong and Kong Island and something. I'm talking about the story of the original King Kong. Uh, Tom, did I say Thompson? Jackson. The guy Jackson uh, did. He wanted to do the uh, the, you know, the story and, uh, you know, make it bigger and uh, colorful and more realistic, more realistic. Wanted to make it realistic because uh, the technology changed. Okay, fine. This is what he did. But he also had to take into account as uh, set designers and all these people uh, who have uh, made the billions of people who made it had to do. Tell him, well, this takes place in the 20s. And at the end, you know, King Kong goes to New York in the original version and in the other version. Now, uh, Jackson did a number of things uh, that uh, re- uh, that that uh, some sound he used to he used a, a soundtrack part of the soundtrack from the original he used uh, some of the uh, dialogue from the original but of course these are completely different people and these actors I'm sure well I don't know if they watched the original because uh, they're different uh, you know they're, they're acting. And they're acting at in a period piece, not the way people would have acted in the original. Now, if King Kong uh, took place, and as it did in the original in 1933, took place in 1933, that was the present. What was going on, not just with the big gorilla, okay? But these people were being exactly who they were. They were being people like people were in 1933. The people in uh, Jackson's, uh, Paul Jackson? <laughs> I don't remember his name. Uh, Leslie Jackson? No. It's Peter? It's Peter Jackson, isn't it? Okay, fine. Peter Jackson's, uh, who told me? No one told me. My, my The guys in my head told me. There's no one here. Uh, said uh, that the acting in the uh, new King Kong is nothing like that. People never would have acted that way in 1933. And yet you're receiving a movie that's taking place in 1933. And when they go to New York, New York, uh, it's different. And there's all sorts of things that you could see that are different if you're looking for them. And again, you got to watch these movies for 
this purpose, not to enjoy them. You've seen a couple of million times anyway. Watch them once to enjoy them and then watch them again if you like it. Not even if you don't like it. Watch for what's happening with what. Well, okay. Uh, in the 1930s, King Kong was a huge uh, technological achievement, even though there was a movie called The Lost World. There were later movies called The Lost World, but there was a movie called The Lost World that was silent, which did a lot of special effects, which were at that time different. But I'm not looking at that. Let's looking at the people. The people, how they... The people themselves, you will get an idea of how people dressed in the original King Kong, in the original one, how people dressed in a city dressing, because it only takes place in New York City or on you know, the crazy island, Skull Island, uh, how they dressed and, uh, and everything about how they dressed, okay? When they dressed well with the ties suits, those were contemporary outfits. Uh, and uh, you'll see in, the, in it also, uh, of course, transportation, get an idea of cars. And, and this is fascinating because in the remake, in Peter Jackson's King Kong, there is a it's the if you look at it for historic, as we're doing. If you look at this, you go, wait a second, that's not the car. Is that the car? Is that a, a 1933 or earlier? No, I think I think uh, Peter Jackson's. I think that's what you do. You'll find out. Mis you'll find mistakes, which people you know don't look for or care about. But if you read a book about 1933 a cultural book, right? you're not going to see the culture in motion the way you see it when you watch the original King Kong. Yeah. The Empire State Building. What was, you know, what was that? Well, when was the people, uh, when was the Empire State Building? Was it always there? No, it wasn't always there. <laughs> and at the time, it was the tallest in the world at that time. Taking these things into consideration, once you see all this stuff and you learn more about the period, oh, excuse me, that was my return, uh, which uh, I knock against now and then. Uh, you see, uh, uh, you learn about, now you say, what good is that? Well, it, it's a lot of good. It, it takes a lot of good because when they're wrong, when movies are wrong and they're supposed to be right, and again, you look at the actors, even the actors, Okay, if you look at real people, I can't take it. Let's take a let's take something uh, that's out of uh, out of history. I mean, I mean, out of as opposed to just uh, something. And that's that would be a period piece. Would be like Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde is a great movie, uh, but when you see what Bonnie and Clyde look like. And what kind of cars and where they were and how they talked. Uh, uh, you, you don't uh, get a lot of the period. And, and in those gangster movies, such as Bonnie and Clyde, uh, early out, uh, 
movies about Al Capone. And and Al Capone, that's another thing, taking characters who were real and yet uh, putting them into uh, movies, better period pieces, such as, as I mentioned before, uh, the um, uh, Broadwalk, Boardwalk. Why say Broadwalk? That's a Broadway because of Broadway. Boardwalk Empire. One of the characters is Al Capone. He's a real person, and there have been movies about Al Capone. Even those movies right, uh, speculate what Al Capone might have been like and uh, twist around the history. You can't watch these movies for, uh, for history unless they're history of that time. This, this, this takes a lot of movies you watch, just throw them away. And yet some of them, extremely accurate. These days, I'm old enough, my generation is old enough to know authenticity in period pieces. In the, uh, the most recent, the one that's been talked about most with me and friends uh, and is... Uh, the movie Green Book. Green Book. It was uh, it either shared or it was a movie of the year, uh, if, if you care about that stuff. And uh, in the uh, 60s, in the 60s, this movie has such authenticity. I haven't found any mistakes. And I'm, this is one of the movies... And I can watch at any given time. That's a fun thing to do too, but that's a whole nother show, right? Movies you watch over and over and over again. Okay, but in this movie, I watched it for uh, the tiniest uh, reason. I mean, you know, after I've watched it two, three, four, five, six times, and I have, because it's wonderful and everyone should uh, watch it and it should be taught, it should be shown to people in school. <laughs> okay? Yeah, all right. Uh, Especially, I think you know, Ron DeSantis should introduce it at every class about American culture, pop culture, and uh, uh, racism, and also and intelligence and talent. Is great. And, and this movie has, by the way, some of the finest CGI I've, uh, which is real. The, the best CGI to me is the real stuff. Uh, you know, the the the, uh, the neighborhood. Uh, uh, breaking down uh, in uh, the new war of the worlds, the uh, those buildings, not buildings, you know, that are not even models; they're just CGI. And in uh, in Green Book, the piano player's hands, the actor does not play the piano as well as uh, Doctor Shirley, who's an actual character, but being played by an actor. Uh, uh, shown uh, with his hands. There's a lot of tricks you could do so that an actor can't play the piano the way the person plays the piano and the character plays the piano, whether the character is real or not. Uh, but now with CGI, you could put different hands there, and it's seamless. It's beautiful. Okay, but there's so much there that is uh, realistic, because I know I remember so much the. Uh, as you should, when if you're younger, or if you're older, I mean, what you're doing now, if you're younger, you're going to remember, it's going to impress you, and it's going to guide various feelings and uh, attitudes you have, uh, the culture itself. And 
uh, uh, I I can remember the the best to the worst, the, the, everything in between, smells, yeah, things that affected the senses. Uh, sometimes, you know, in life now, I don't uh, necessarily trace them back, but you know, I'll get catch a catch a whiff of something and go, you know, and I'm, and my mind is moving to get back. Where where was that, Stuart? Oh my God, that was uh, that was uh, 18th Avenue. That was the uh, uh, that was the uh, dress store. The yeah, the store my mother used to take me into. Cause, you know, it's different smells, tastes, because food was remarkably different, and uh, you know, the culture, cars. Everything, everything, sight, sound, taste, hearing, smelling. I did say sight and sound, sight, sound, smell, smell, sight, the five senses, sight, sound, anyway. So, uh, but Green Book is, is wonderful. I'm I, Every time I watch it, because I know it, I try to, I appreciate it again. This is not something I'm just watching, but I would, I do watch it just for uh, the sets and I mean look around because uh, I know what's coming up or what have you I can always stop uh, but it's, it starts to you know it sticks out the telephones the telephones the clothing of course uh, I made a list of various things okay the cars the cars are accurate down to the every car down to the cars that are parked on the street and I'm always reminded of people I knew who made their li- in Hollywood? Who made their living uh, refurbishing old cars, buses, and other vehicles, uh, so that and then renting them to uh, studios or independent producers, so they could use it in a movie, in a period piece. All right. And again, uh, I'm now I'm talking about a period piece, at a time when I knew because I grew up and I was aware of things. Not watching, uh, you know, a 1930s movie. Uh, for that, though, how do I learn that? I learned that by watching uh, those movies that take place in the present tense. It does change, as I told you, because of technology and, uh, and because language has changed so much. Uh, but it becomes inaccurate the later you get away from it. Now, a lot of it is inaccurate to begin with in the 30s because there are stereotypes. There are other reasons why stuff is, his, history does not permeate every set, no less every actor, blah, 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 blah. But you can learn so much. And the lighter the movie, this, and not, not the lighter the movie, but this, this uh, anyway, okay, so Green Room has a, a green room, the green... <laughs> That's another movie, Green Room. Oh boy! But let's just talk about. Uh, let's move, push a green book aside, and uh, and tell you that uh, uh, the movies uh, of the thirties. It doesn't matter what the what's the genre, or what the story, or anything like that. Beyond the, but it has to be a present tense. Present tense. Yeah, it has to be in the present. So, because uh, when you, as we talked about in the in the cowboy show, when you uh, when they did cowboys from the '30s all the way up to you know, uh, the, the cowboy changed as an image, and rarely were there were they depicted as the actual way cowboys, and of course they made things up. 
but, you know, just to fit, and because they didn't know stuff and they didn't spend a lot of time researching history to do these things. And so uh, what carries on are the lies, and the, I call them lies, but the fiction behind uh, uh, certain types of characters and what have you. And of course, the racism, as we talked about with the Native Americans and even with the African Americans in, in, uh, in zombie movies. I did a show about zombies a couple of years ago. We got to play that one again, the zombie show. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, the zombies in movies of the 30s and 40s. Uh, how different, how the zombie changed. Uh, the pop culture image of the zombie went through uh, a, uh, a growing period. <laughs> I did it. And I bring that up because of the African Americans, because zombies, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into the show here right now, but that show. But again, all this stuff that is. Uh, that you're uh, uh, being fed is not authenticity. Even, even, and fiction works uh, wanting, you know, with character-wise, you can't take them in, uh, take these characters in and out. But watch Bonnie and Clyde, and it's a good movie, as I said. But there are in, not just inaccuracies. There are the, the actors um, looking nothing like, Anyone looked in those days, Warren Beatty. No one looked like Warren Beatty. If you want to know uh, why that's true, look at the actors uh, who were uh, playing gangsters in the 30s. That was more like what a gangster looked like, what he wore, uh, what have you. Uh, so you get these colorful, glamorized versions of people who were actually people of that era. Okay, going into the second hour here now. So let's take a short break here. You can go get yourself some drink and stuff. Come back and we talk about the very... Ah, sorry, that was the very... I'm going to get into language. <laughs> get into the language. Uh, wow, these, these topics are extensive and I can go on and on and on about them. And, when we, and we'll remember this when we get to uh, AI because of how language is being used now and uh, what have you, even in movies, dialogue. That's why a lot of people who are writers write dialogue uh, for the period. And, you know, a lot of that I don't like anyway, but that's personal preference. So we'll add out the period pieces. We, ha we have to define old. And the closer you get to the actual time, that's old. So the Bonnie and Clyde movie is not as accurate in the environment as James Cagney in Public Enemy. There's a movie, Public Enemy. Not because it's great, not because it is uh, in those days they were forced to have a moral at the end, all that uh, stuff. Forget it. Just looking at the cars, the places, the things, you will uh, find a different uh, uh reasons for watching the old one and then only those reasons to learn history hairstyles i mean we got a list and, and stuff i'll go through that so it's time to uh uh to for you to go get your oh, dust is look at this dust dust on the uh i know i saw that if i don't get rid of it now i won't remember how can i dust this dust collect on your uh keyboards as much as mine does. No, oh, no, Frank, how much does yours? I don't know. 
I'm not going to play with that right now. I'm going to put on uh, put on a, a cute little uh, tune, which comes from the movie A Green Book, and I just love it. It's one of those things they do on YouTube. Uh, it's it's a, it's a loop for an hour. I don't know. And I said, why? You know, we did that on this show too. We <laughs> did the theme to uh, uh, the, to Jeopardy that's on for two hours or something. I, I, you know, uh, I'm going to play this. You go get your beverage. Uh, dispose of some bodily waste and uh, come right back and we listen to uh, some happy talk. This thing we're running out. I could leave now and just leave this on and it would be, you know, the, 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 it could run out. <laughs> the show could run out. I just leave. And then you could just hear this over and over and over again. I, you know, but, but I won't do that to you. I'll just do this so you can go. Get yourself, uh, get uh, dispose of some bodily waste, get yourself some Beverage, three if you want, one if you want, uh, because as we've said once, and we will say a million times, dehydration is the enemy. If you're going to learn nothing else from this show, and I hope you learn a lot more. Okay? Okay, go for it. Hey, it's perfect. Go get something music, isn't it? <laughs> So I don't have to write them. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> I am. I don't know what it is. I guess. Right. Go and get your drink. Go and get yourself a honey drink. Oh yeah. <laughs> Happy talk. My name is Frankie Tolman. His name is George Tyler Show. No, this is not going to be my new theme. We have our theme, and that's it. We're gonna. Live and die by the theme. My son is always telling me that uh, sometimes I talk the way at the speed of, uh, which 
uh, people talk in those old movies. And it's true, there, there's a certain rhythm to people, uh, the way people talked when sound came into movies. And uh, <coughs> there's, a, excuse me, there's a certain speed. And I, I, it changes from genre to genre. When I say genre, I'm, I'm just talking uh, it's a comedy or it's a drama. It's a horror movie. And yet they all have a stagey approach to acting. You know why? Because that's all there was before movies. There was the stage. And there was vaudeville. It was live performing. Period. And uh, people had to talk actors and comedians who are actors and were actors and forever will be actors. Amen. Here on uh, Frank Cotolo, uh, Cotolo Chronicles, uh, me. And uh, uh, there, because, and, and speak loud and quickly, and uh, it took a lot to get used to microphones and things. Well, and more microphones didn't come in until later anyway. Uh, but, okay. In the movies, uh, they had microphones hanging and whatever. It did not have wireless. Nothing was wireless. That'd be the wires everywhere. Everywhere. But still trying to be as authentic as possible in the 1930s to the times. And remember this, too. Movies uh, did not, that took place, though it was the present, took place in other cities of countries and places that, whoa, there had to be some research done with that. And a lot of it was not. They, there was no money for research and they couldn't do things like they did in uh, the uh, uh, Mad Max uh, rerun their Fury Road, that one there, uh, uh, that they, the actor, the, act, the director shipped in like tons of tons of sand from one place to another so that it was the desert. I mean, these things, those things were not done. But remarkable things were done to authenticize the landscape of other places. But, you know, you don't, you don't learn that kind of history uh, unless something is shot on location. And there weren't a lot of that there wasn't a lot of that going on. But what you're looking for are the everyday things. How people dress, how they look, how they react to drinking, eating, and what they drink and what they eat. It's, it is authentic. There's a degree of authenticity in the older movies more so than the new ones. And again, I go back to watching the series uh Boardwalk Empire and uh, the uh, uh, the things that are in it you know are found things I mean they can't use uh, you know cell phones or what have you and they gotta have phones that uh, some phones I don't know see I don't know the history the actual history of like the phone because phones were different, you know, when they had the, uh, the uh, receiver. No, you've seen this in movies. Uh, phone was on a stand like a, like a little mic, like a mic desk desk mic stand. Or it was on the wall. But it had a separate uh, uh, listening earphone, ear part. And you had to talk into 
the uh, was separated. Didn't, didn't like much on a a, a a phone that had one carriage. No, they had a carriage, and then you just pick up one thing and you talk into it and walk around with wires. They didn't have that. So I don't know when one came in and the other one came in, and maybe people who do the uh, set designs of these don't know either. But back then, they were using what they had, period. So you know that they were using actual phones when there were phones uh, that were those type of phones. Uh, And um, later on, when the other phones came in, they did away with using the phones because they they did away with using those models anyway. They weren't using them. So then you had to get the type of phone that phones are. You know, if if I did the phone show, you would uh, you would uh, get into the history of that. How phones have changed over the uh, de- the decades are re- remarkable, and you do not see. Uh, if you look at a timeline, it's hard to forecast that they're going to wind up being a flat uh, thing you walk around with. I'm holding mine, my that hand, the flat phone. <laughs> there is. Let's see. Okay. You know that you could that you could use your finger to do anything, no less, to watch a movie. I, and you can. I don't. But you can, of course. And then you could watch pizza, things. You could watch a type of television. There's no way. And I'll tell you how you know there's no way you could predict it because it wasn't predicted. Like when I talked about a while back, I brought this up because somebody told me I was. I was a comedian. I heard a comedian talk about Star Trek, which came out in the 60s, and it's supposed to take place in the future. So you get all the speculative things and stuff that you have to accept without explanation what goes on in that atmosphere and that culture and those politics and everything, okay? Every facet of life. And the guy said, how come, how come in Star Trek there's no internet? And it's supposed to be way in the future. I mean, they can take a body and uh, just and do something with all of the uh, uh, the the cells in your body and uh, put them apart and shoot and and get you down onto another planet and then reassemble them. Okay, so we believe that, but there's other things that, that just didn't happen. And if you look, even in the 1950s, if you look at uh, these rocket ships in these science fiction movies, they're, they're not imaginative. And it's okay, you could make a good movie with good characters, period. But everything is large and big and heavy. There's no sense of the microcosmic. I don't even know if that's it, microcosm. The digital, it's even before digital. There are the transistor, let's put it that way, how transistors change the world. Even when even when transistors come about and and you're and enable smaller things to do to do larger work in media, no one's saying, you know, only maybe someone said, but there's no record of it. Someone said, you know, one of these days <laughs> it's just it's gonna even be smaller. We'll use the math that's around if someone can learn how to use it. You know, the zeros and ones, the digital math. It's been around a long time, but uh, they did not use it in certain ways. 
right? So uh, how do you know? You don't know. But in uh, in fiction, science fiction and fiction and, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing. But, you know, you watch, if you watch Star Trek and other, uh, I'll tell you where it's, where it's impossible. And there is some predictions, and that's in these dystopian stories. I call them dystopian stories. <laughs> I'm tired of them. There's just too many. The dystopian Earth after, after the bombs fell and after this happened and after that happened. And we'll speculate things. We're speculating things. I think about this. If it's supposed to take place way in the future, we're speculating things without knowing the history of how we got there. So imagine, so, so if you're watching a movie in the 50s about space travel and, and, and these huge spaceships, got, we even watch The Twilight Zone, which uh, has a lot of space episodes, episodes about being in outer space and what have you. Look at the helmets, the things. They never imagine. That's imagination. And yet... When you look at the movies at the same time that take place in that time, you are seeing the culture as it is. And uh, right, you don't have to speculate. They're using phones they used in 1950, uh, uh, 1930s. I, you know, I'm I'm saying you should look at uh, uh, movies from in the dif- different decades uh, to see what clothes, uh, um, equipment, like. You know, and food, food. You can watch any one of these. You can take one movie and watch it over and over again just to find out how people dressed. Let's wait. Let's look at how people dressed for a second because there is something that just disappeared. I don't know why, and no one will tell me. But there must be a pop culture answer for this one. But in the twenties, thirties, forties, and even the early fifties. Men wore hats, hats, fedoras mostly. Everyone, all the men wore hats, uh, and uh, the, you know, the hat changed a bit. The style changed a bit, but even into the fifties, men were all, and characters were walking around, and they did in those days uh, dressed up suits. It, it, you'd only got into dungarees and uh, and tops if you were what. A, a trade worker, uh, right, or a, uh, uh, but otherwise, you went to work, you wore a suit, a tie, men wore suit and ties. Women's styles are conservative because they were conservative. It's not just Hollywood and its moral codes. Um, this was the way it was then. And, uh, but the hats, I, I don't know how all of a sudden men, stopped making a hat part of their everyday public appearance. Uh, And I don't know anyone, of course, I haven't looked this up either. Maybe it's on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I wonder the history of the hat, especially the male hat. women Women are dressed in various ways, but the men are so, uh, you know, they they come right out of a machine, a a, a duplication machine, and a dark suit, and a a white suit for this, and a dark suit, but they have their regular uh, suit and a tie, and they they walk around in a hat. They have a hat. Always have hats. And go into a room, take the hat off, put a hat, there's a hat racks are everywhere, hat rack. For heaven's sake, if you watch the early James Bond movies, the Sean Connery 
early. And I even think it stops there too. But they're looking at the 60s because that's when the character was created. And James Bond wears a hat. He wears, yeah, he walks around and wears a hat. So it was, it was a, uh, it was happening everywhere. I don't know about everywhere. Maybe the, maybe grown men who did everyday jobs uh, that did not require uniforms or some kind of, uh, well, any the uniform is uniform. You know, I don't know about Egypt. I don't know about them. I mean, they had their own things, but that changed also. The styles of those things changed, but why the hat stopped being a item of everyday clothing for men is beyond me. And I can't point to it in movies that uh, that are in the present uh, during a lot of the uh, movies that uh, I'm, I, I saw that 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, furniture, household stuff, I can make all the phones, food, of course. Food is big. Watch what people eat and how they eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll, it says a lot, how a person eats, what a person eats, what a person wears. It says a lot about pop culture and the, the civilization standards of those days. Okay? So, uh, so you can go either way. But, uh, and don't think, uh, you know, a lot of you people who might be uh, of my age, you're uh, septuagenarians, you're, uh, uh, you, uh, what is 60s? Sextagenarian? No, that's, is it? I don't know. You, you know, you, you can go back and watch, you probably do watch movies you saw. Before you watch these TV shows from the 50s, you'll see, because, you know, you got your MeTV, your antenna TV, got all these TV things that show for people uh, who uh, are, for somehow find comfort in watching reruns of the Andy Griffith show. Uh, you know, look at that and see. Pay attention to the cars. Pay attention to what they eat, how they eat, and how they talk. It's a little different. They've slowed down. But, uh, uh, but so uh, the language, and that's a big thing wrong. As authentic as the uh, Tyler, Tyler, Taylor, Sheridan, Yellowstone uh, history of the, the land there. How, however authentic it it is, and it and it does address some brutally brutal, some brutal uh, ways and means and areas of the culture that were never addressed. Especially in Cowboys. So if you listen to our Cowboy show and then you watch, uh, uh, you know, 19, 1923, for God's sake. Uh, no, 1928 is the name of that series. The one, uh, you know, you see things you never would see. Uh, that probably, I don't think probably, that are true. And history has recorded them. Uh, and that's why there's this big cultural uh, fight uh, going on here now in the t- 2020s. Uh, about uh, teaching kids history. The kids are completely screwed up because there's been so much history recorded and made up and fictionalized, and now there's just uh, places that you could see all the different times and things they make up. You don't know. These kids are growing up, and uh, and a lot of these kids are growing up, and uh, kids who grew up in a writing stuff, uh, writing period pieces, are using language that weren't, 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 
that was not used. And uh, the defense for that is the fact that you, a modern audience can hear people speaking modern phrase, phrases and uh, ideas. I mean, I'm just the way they talk. I and mean, Shakespeare, uh, I believe, uh, you know, movies of Macbeth and Hamlet and what that they stick to the uh, to the uh, the actual Shakespeare language, which is English at that point. And of course, there are, uh, there have been uh, versions of. Uh, What's the thing? What's the nothing comes of? No, not not King Lear. Well, there have been versions of Shakespeare plays that have been brought into Romeo and Juliet. They they made it out. They made it into a uh, well, of course, they made it into a musical, a West Side Story, but they changed the characters. But they actually call uh, Romeo and Juliet, and there's with uh, in modern times or in the sixties or seventies, perhaps that was, which is also a big change from the seventies uh, to now, and uh, uh, they do that. But and and they change, make the language more familiar to people of our time. But you know, mostly Shakespeare stays Shakespeare. The language has so much to do with the characters that it's tough to change that around. So, but in watching authentic Shakespeare, that is to the script Shakespeare in movies, might not familiarize yourself with uh, the actual environment. But that's the language. Those are the words he wrote. They stay the same. And yet you take King Kong. Okay, I know it's not not as large a span of time (laughs) from 1933 to uh, whatever it was, 2000, whatever, uh, for Peter Jackson and uh, and uh, the other guys, it, it's not that long. And still, uh, listen to how they talk in the in how they talk in the Peter Jackson version of King Kong is not how they talked in the original one. In the original one, that's how they talked. After that, that was it. They didn't know from anything else other than that. So uh, you can catch and understand different errors. Instead of throwing them, tossing them aside, you learn history. And a lot of historical movies or movies of history uh, have strong elements of accuracy. If you research it, how can you research it? Well, books. There are books. And uh, you know, don't always go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia, as I said, is one of the fine sources, but you want to read around uh, to what other people wrote. And if you're reading old books, this is the same thing. I love language changes in old books according to who wrote it and, uh, in English, of course. But the, the disparity between British English and American English in the same years, in the same present, is uh, gigantic. That's the wrong word to use. But it's it's uh, different. It's almost foreign one to the other. Okay, we got food. Uh, and 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 you know you know what uh, movies 
movies, the one thing they can't do is uh, address smell. Okay? There's not, they can't do it. Uh, and there was a, a... Someone tried to put a process of... Billy and I called smell-o-vision into movies where there would be... Uh, there would be... Uh, I guess they would just pipe in certain smells somehow into a movie, into a theater, so that when like when there was uh, something burning and they would have a fire, you'd see a fire in the movie, huge fire, and you'd get the sense of uh, smell of the fire from smell. I don't know if anybody would turn the heat up. No, I don't know. They're all these things that they never were able to address that. So when you watch a movie that uh, takes, uh, takes place, let's say, in the Old West, but in an urban part of the Old West, or anywhere in the Old West, anything at all. Let's go back to the Cowboys, right? We don't get any idea of how badly the uh, nostrils of human beings worked to either adapt to smells on humans, from animals, uh, in dark, dank castles. Have you ever been in a castle? I've been in castles. I've been in castles that existed in those days in England. Of course, they're just places people walk through now, and uh, you know, and they smell must smell different. And these days, they could make it bearable. So you could walk into uh, one of those, ca- or what's remaining from the castle. A lot of the castles are intact. You go uh, into the castles, and it, you know you got the cold smell, the dankness. But that's like being in a basement, in a stone basement. There are smells right now in this uh, uh, part of, um, of my house, and uh, you know I could downstairs. Well, not to describe the contour of the house, but uh, there are smells. And we have uh, we have odors and uh, in uh, uh, we have them at bay in modern times because things uh, that weren't back then uh, deodorant deodorant and other stuff that made that covered bad smells not just on bodies well from bodies breath but. Uh, uh, Sure, people took showers. Soap is different, right? I'll go a lot of times. Soap. Watch uh, people taking showers. You don't see a lot of that. But when you look at a shower from a 1930s movie, uh, the bathroom is uh, different. And uh, uh, things were hard and heavy and big and uh, and cheap, of course, because uh, the money itself changes. But uh, it's just an amazing volume of difference uh, and again oh did I say again no I didn't say again because I wasn't going to say I was going to say this before but I I rolled off it doesn't matter the genre of uh, movie and I don't mean if it's uh, I don't mean if it's a, a takes place anything that takes place was made in the uh, 30s when sound began you know there were movies about when sound began and the people who uh, acted in sound. If you've ever seen a movie called Singing in the Rain, 
it's it's such a fantasy and it does not it does not reflect the details of what Hollywood was like when it went from sound from a silent to sound and how that affected lives and people and uh, um, everything actors production everything that went on was was different but this, let's get back to the smell thing because if you watch I, I watched uh, 1883. I was able to get through that uh, Taylor Sheridan, uh, uh, the Dutton Odyssey. <laughs> it goes back to when the family was moving from uh, one place to another, going to Montana, the squatter's rights thing, you know, go to whatever, taking immigrants and themselves through territories with the bandits and... Uh, you know, uh, uh, violent uh, tribes of Native Americans who were, you know, protecting themselves and uh, from the expansion of white man and his world and uh, the Industrial Revolution coming or whatever. You know, rah, 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 you know. But I'm thinking about uh, they still do things uh, incorrectly. Uh, the girl, I, I don't know the actress. She's a, it's a gorgeous young girl who played one of the Dutton's daughters. And uh, she's on the trip, and she's her face is always made up, in a way, it's made down to it's made up, but it's made down. It's not like watching uh, Betty Hutton as uh, <laughs> as Annie Oakley in the musical, right? The, you know, of uh, of of uh, uh, what was it called? The, you know, the one about the buffalo. There's no business like show business. It's named after the song, which could not. You think about the song. Okay, that's another thing. That's a whole other genre where you take things like uh, Camelot. Where you take uh, King Arthur and you make it into a musical. That's a romantic thing. It's a fantasy. It's not. You don't look for history there. Okay, you look for some kind of entertainment with different costumes. But in, uh, in Taylor Sheridan's uh, 1883, this uh, covered wagon, uh, trip across the country uh, in covered wagons, you know, and and the idea, we you know what they eat uh, is is horrible. What they eat is uh, what they uh, what they wear. And you don't see them from episode to episode, day and night. I don't know when do they bathe. How do they bathe? They don't. Uh, and uh, how do they talk to one another? Their 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 breath must be deadly. There, that they uh, the the wax that accumulates in their ears and the nostrils as they go from right uh and uh and forget about when they're injured or shot or something like that that's a whole nother thing uh because uh, what bodies uh, emit the odor the odor the, the the sheer depth of awful smells that takes place in that time, that life is impossible. Nobody, nobody complains. Uh, you know, <laughs> nobody. Because, why do you think that's because the? Uh, do you think that the uh, human nose uh, became so acquainted to those awful smells that? Uh, no, it's not. It's not true because today, I mean, you know. Today, uh, if you watch comedies, and that's what I was going to get into genre in terms of that, comedies uh, are uh, of the 30s don't do what comedies of uh, period pieces do 
in the uh, when they're parodies and stuff. So if you watch Monty Python and the and the uh, uh, the, the the Mighty Grail, the Holy Grail, obviously, uh, and I got news for you. I think there's many authentic. Uh, more or not more, I should say, more authentic, either authentic or not. There's many more authentic uh, uh, trinkets and stuff, clothing that appears in that uh, than does in uh, other ones, older ones that are not, that are period pieces, okay? All right. So, you know, you make up on one and the other. Uh, and if you're, uh, if you watch uh, Blazing Saddles, Melbourne's Blazing Saddles, which is a, uh, uh, you know, parody on movies, on Western movies, not on Western life, on Western movies. And it accentuates and it amplifies those things that were never uh, talked about or what have you, uh, or depicted in the uh, the movie, the period pieces of the 30s. And of course, the infamous scene. Is it famous or infamous? I, I think it kind of, I think it would be infamous. Uh, that's because it's horrible. Of all the cowboys, and it, it covers everything. They smell, it's nighttime, there's no electricity, and they're eating beans. They're all eating beans. And, uh, it, <laughs> you know, of course, everyone just went nuts when they all saw passing gas, <laughs> and it's even think about it now and then, it's funny and it's a it's a great scene. Many would, and but it is not legendary, although it's fake. But <laughs> let's not go there. But uh, that that's that's the quintessential example of what I'm talking about. That there is uh, that there are these scenes where uh, you get an idea. Um, uh, and you can't tell the movies are, are visual. So the actual smells, no matter how authentic, no matter if they are, well, they're authentic, look, you know, how they are recreated. Now, of course, makeup has also changed over the years. But, uh, you know, you see a lot of gory things you never saw because they're able to do it. Again, that's technology. But the smells, just in general, the smells. Ah, people, how they ba didn't they bathe and what was in the air and how many, in one room, imagine this, in one room with people who had dressed well, you know, uh, they all showered before they came to that room for some kind of a party or get together. Uh, and uh, so they showered and then they put on these heavy clothes. I don't know what season it might be. And they all go to this one room. There's no air conditioning. Remember that? No, there's no air conditioning. So they look well. They wear hats. They take The men take the hats off when they're in the house. But the hats have been on in the car on the way over. And you know those kind of cars? Ugh. And it's the fumes and everything. What do they smell? And whatever. Man, I don't know when men had cologne. Maybe all they used was the real soap. Dye crap to shave. And some of them didn't shave. That was like nuts. Uh, you know, when, when beards and facial hair on men that's disgusting that there's so much of it you know and they eat and the stuff do they wash their beards how often it's like oh did they brush their teeth no i don't know when did teeth brushing start we don't know anything and yet you look back and you'll see the things that uh that you know they didn't know so they just you just speculate or go along with or just, just forget about it. let's forget that there's a room of women and men 
let's say 20 women or men in a room for 20 women or men drinking, eating, they're eating and drinking. There's no air conditioning. They're, they're dressed to the hilt. Women have all these clothes on that there's nothing cool about it. Uh, and it's getting warm outside, even nighttime. Even though it's nighttime, it cooled off a bit, didn't it? It's funny how it's not cool up. You never use up for cool, huh? And it heats up, right? Heat up. Heat up the cool up the right, get some ice and cool up this drink. No, it doesn't work that way. So there's a it's uh I don't know, you can't look at that stuff and learn. And and through that learning, maybe even appreciate some of the things that we have today, these conveniences that we take. But history-wise, comedies are good. Comedies of uh, Watch even the craziest of them, uh, the uh, uh, the nineteen forty early nineteen forties uh, up to the late nineteen forties, or maybe eight good years of Abbott and Costello movies that reveal to the historian any number of cultural pop culture things, including uh, the uh, you know furniture, ha uh, right, cars, furniture. Uh, appearances, right, history, history of that time. When it was 1943, it was 1943. No matter how they talk, no matter what they did, Hollywood uh, took care of uh, the various parts, uh, action and stuff that it had to, but, uh, you know, there was a cars thing, and the windows, the buildings, the diners, the, you know, it's there. And, and why is it important? Because history is important, my friends. That's why. History is important. Some other good movies to watch. In the 30s, I wrote some down. 30s, when you saw King Kong. It happened one night. Watch those movies with the, these actors. You know, if you watch, here's another thing about history. Watch how actors like, like uh, Clark Gable, who's in this movie, it happened one night. Watch how he changes. If you watch movies of him playing whatever character character he's playing, and it's not a it's not a period piece. Okay? So, uh, you know, the clock cable you're going to see in Gone with the Wind is not the clock cable you're going to see later uh, in uh, other movies. <laughs> okay? He's in a lot of San Francisco or uh, I'm trying to name movies he was in. But, okay. And you see how the actor changes based on what we consider props. Well, just environment, which covers it all. Uh, that's a good one. Gone with the Wind, if you watch it as a period piece, and you know, uh, will make you want to know more about the Civil War. There is a period that I can't even imagine when it comes to smells and taste and the, oh, the atmosphere. Uh, nothing, nothing like any of us, even us in the uh, growing up in the 50s. It's disgusting. But, you know, it's not addressed. Abe Lincoln. Look at how everybody who plays Abe Lincoln dresses a certain way. You know, wears the hat because he wore the hat and the beard. And and dark. Always wore dark stuff. Heavy, dark stuff. What, the, what was the White House like on a hot day in D.C.? And he's in there. This Abe Lincoln must have smelled like the worst dreck. Isn't that something? Who ever thinks of that? You should. You should look at it and go, wow, 
How did they do that? How did, you know, that to me, I mean, we could talk about Abe Lincoln being a remarkable man, a great politician, a man who saved this country, and all of that is true. <laughs> he stunk like hell. He had to. How could he not? Right? Sally Field uh, plays Mrs. Lincoln and the and the Steven Spielberg, who tries he tries to stay as loyal as possible to uh, the period in a period piece and the present when it's a present piece. Uh, good, it's good. It, it was not done as well in many t in many other older movies. But of course, he has the money and the technology. You got to remember that Steven Spielberg had been making movies in the '30s. You would not see or feel or understand the uh, uh, much that you that you attribute to him now as a director. In those days, you wouldn't. You would. His characters would be good. And I'm sure he had good writers. And there were good writers, too, in those days. I bet you don't know that. Uh, writers of the day, William Faulkner, uh, Hemingway, even though a lot of them didn't like... No, I don't think Hemingway ever wrote a script. He hated that stuff. But I know Faulkner did. And, uh, and some people, Steinbeck, uh, uh, you know... They're good writers, and they knew the uh, form, and the, but that's not what we're talking about. But what, even in Stein, uh, Steinbeck, uh, the uh, the original movie. Here's another one you could look at to, for authenticity and uh, uh, understanding or misunderstanding or technology or whatever. Watch of mice and men. The original, I guess, was 1940 or 39, uh, with. Uh, uh, Burgess Meredith. Now, a lot of people later on will know Burgess Meredith as a Rocky's manager. <laughs> that guy, right? Plays uh, the guy whose friend is Lenny, the uh, mis, uh, misanthrope, large, mentally challenged man with the strength of a horse. So, uh, Watch that, and then watch the Gary Sinise version with uh, Malkovich as Lenny. It's different, and it's it's it's. And if you've read the book, of course, you get an idea of uh, the difference, and you see how uh, how much more detail is allowed later on. Plus, it's in color, and then you know he's in black and white. The original Lon Chaney Jr. is the best Lenny you will ever get, and he's not overplaying it, and he's uh, so much better as an actor than he was playing the Wolfman. So that's <laughs> later on, but that's another genre. The point I'm making here is there's a good movie to watch, and then people who uh, who actors who are in that movies in those movies in later movies, trying to adapt to how the present is delivered because different things have gone on and, and people have lived through it, just like many of you people have lived through this period, just these 20 years alone, from the beginning of this movie, this movie, this show, uh, to uh, not the end of the show, I mean, to now, which is, what, 20-something years 
Okay, uh, 1940s, of course, everybody talks about Casablanca. And uh, you know another thing about the old movies, the hats and the smoking. When, yes, yes, there's a lot of things that are not authentic these days when you're doing period pieces because actors don't want to smoke. We all know that smoking contributes to any number of diseases or helps, you know, and causes some of its own. And yet back then... It was so common that uh, men smoked. Mostly men smoked. You don't see a lot of women smoking unless they're a certain character on those, but it's, which is part of the culture right there. But the men, <laughs> wow. And then there's, uh, uh, you know, okay, the comedies, I was talking about the comedies, and there was the smoking, and um, comedies, okay. The sound, Laurel and Hardy uh, movies, uh are a just to watch it for the uh, geography shot mostly in Los Angeles on the streets, as were many of the Three Stooges out tour uh, over those two decades or three decades. Uh, and and if you ever lived, I know when I lived in the Hollywood, uh, every day you were walking around uh, a place that they shot movies. Uh, when it, so that and and how that had changed was. Hey, you know, change. There's no way out of it. Um, okay, so uh, uh, you watch the Marx Brothers, you watch all that stuff, Casablanca. Uh, the Third Man is a location movie. The Third Man is supposed to take place over in, I don't know, it's Poland, or in the, the uh, uh, Lithuania, or Poland-ania, so, you know, up there that the, uh, what they call the uh, Baltic coast uh, that separates uh, Ukraine and Russia and uh, those other uh, nations which weren't even around then you know so forget about that uh, uh, the third man is a uh, uh, black and white dark and and believe me plenty of smells try to imagine what some of this stuff smells like <laughs> and it's you know you're so free as an audience to just sit there la 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 get my popcorn and uh, I'm not going to smell that uh, tunnel that uh, Orson Welles is running through there. Not me. Uh, double indemnity uh, is sharp and, uh, you know, a style all its own, much like Casablanca. There's a wonderful movie uh, that has all of these things that I've talked about intact. And that is a movie called The Best Years of their lives. I think it was not our lives. Is it our lives? Best years of our lives or their lives? Uh, facing the, which faces the immense problem of soldiers who've survived battle and fighting World War II around the world who are coming home to what? And coming home as a soldier and into a, a different this is, of course, the beginning of the baby boom. Their trials with their marriages, with their families, with their lifestyles, which were completely interrupted and uh, turned into what? You know? So they come home and you get a good look at not salaries, how, what people were paid. How about the value of money? There's a lot of that in these old movies. You get an idea of that. Cars. Uh, kitchens, you know, rooms and homes, uh, all this stuff. 
and a lot of those homes, I know we lived in a home in Brooklyn, um, the only uh, home my father ever bought. I can't, I can't even believe it. Right? Costly. It was so cheap by comparison, but expensive because money was different. Point is, uh, uh, it, it had, it was older than the present. So it was an older house. So it had to be modernized. And even modernizing it in that in 1960 was, whoa, that's a different one. That's when it was there. The Bob Hope movies uh, are, are great. This is where I first learned to look at movies for the history uh, because Bob Hope, uh, a lot of jokes in those movies are totally out of, out of sync with now because they are jokes of the time. They're making fun, especially Bob Hope. They're making fun of politics and stuff at that time. And if you didn't know the history of the politics at that time, who was president, who was this, who was this, if you didn't know that, then you weren't laughing. You were just going, why do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> and there are some hilarious, there are hilarious uh, quips and stuff, if you're aware. And that gives you a clue to, gives you to look up. So there's some things like, well, I'll look up. Same thing with the historic m movies uh, that uh, are as accurate as they could be. That should lead you to look for uh, texts that have the truth. I don't know if anybody ever did. A book of odors, the wild west of odors, <laughs> the wild odors of the west. <laughs> Pungent. Oh my God, I'm getting sick just thinking about it. Because that's uh, uh, cars, the clothes, the furniture, the house, the things, and the food, and everything else. You know, one of these days I thought it would be fun to do a. Uh, uh, a Shakespearean talk show. The other day, I was just walking around the house. And I said, "What if I just thought and talked in uh, with in Shakespearean English? What that would sound like?" And this is not, you know, that's normal speaking. The word is not like you need to know different words and bigger words or smarter words. No, you just need to know where to put. You need to have a large vocabulary where you can put words that have uh, many meanings. Replace words. Anyway, got to have a large vocabulary, but not, not the same, not a vo you probably have the vocabulary already. Just don't know how to use it. It wouldn't be fun to do a Shakespearean show where, uh, okay, I, I would not speak any words of wisdom, comedy, or oh, there I'm going into it. I don't know. The other day it was good. It was just I just got into a role. In any event, in all events, certainly this event, that's uh, what's happening and uh, what's going on there. So start, uh, if you want to write to me about your experiences looking at movies or asking me questions or telling me stuff. You may find stuff I never saw. You may tell me and then some of it is subjective, right? Watch Lawrence of Arabia and imagine how it smells. Like five people would go, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, like that, like this. That stunk. That must have smelled nice, right? Who freaking knows, eh? I never did the F-bomb show, but you know what? I don't think we could do a whole show. Now that I think of it. Just about the F-bomb. I just think that was a good idea. If we could do a show, do the F-bomb show. 
without ever saying the F-bomb, without ever dropping an F-bomb. But in any event, doing all of that to certainly this event, my name is Frank Atola, man's name, don't title show. And we won't be here next week. So however that fits, I guess if you're listening to that now, it doesn't make any sense because if you catch an archive, juicedtalk.com, which we'll be updating, I'm sure, sooner or later, some of the uh, shows. But one of the only it doesn't matter. These aren't that timely. And um, uh, as you listen to them, so it doesn't matter right now what I just said that next week, because you could be a listen to them. You could listen to them one a day now for the next, if you wanted to, and I know you don't. But let's just say that uh, there will be no show, live show, to be repeated on the various other places. Do your Google, uh, and we'll find out about that March 9th. Uh, the revitalization of Bing. Bing? And it's an odd word or name if you're talking about changing some technology. Maybe we'll get into that when TJ Savino is here with me. March 9th show live with a hookup. You don't do that anymore. You can't do it. We got a hookup from California. They don't do that because... Gosh, you know, when uh, Rest in Peace, Kurt Brando was on this show, he was in uh, Abu Dhabi, or uh, that crazy name, Abu Dhabi. Is it Abu Dhabi? Or uh, the other place, you know, in uh, time difference was great. But, you know, so we do that now. Do it now, get on your phone. Talk to somebody. And we used to be, it was amazing at one point, we used to say, well, you go into a chat room, you talk to somebody, uh, you're, in, uh, you're in Wyoming, you're talking to somebody in Madrid. That's amazing. In real time. Oh boy, what did that do to phones? What did it do to anything? Where am I? I'm here. My name is Frank Atoll, the man's name adorns the title of the show, and for all due purposes, uh, we're uh, ready to uh, call it a night, I think. <laughs> It is. Uh, Frank, here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank. Remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad's brothers? Hey, you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Can be a wonderful life. It sure can. Get up, I'll 
some announcements coming up in the next couple of uh, weeks and months. Uh, you'll know about it. In the meantime, go buy my books at uh, Amazon, Lulu, and Blurb.com. They're all available in the cheaper digital models. Uh, my name is Frank Cotolo, man whose name adorns the title of the show. Live on! Live on! And uh, remember those, those smells. Good night, Mrs. Ernstwell, wherever you are located. And uh, for now, uh, Jessica Catherine, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, it will be okay. Uh, that's that for me. Stay well. And uh, go there. My imagination's picking up those smells. I guess I'll leave. I got plenty more to, sp- to smell, but I got nothing more to say. Thank you.